3: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. So grateful that you joined us this afternoon. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number, or you can text me directly, 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. That's for texting only. Uh, so you can connect on the air. I mean, if you can, uh, the best way this show works is that we get to talk on the air. I know not everybody can talk on the air, and that's why we opened up the text line and we'll take those text lines uh, as you know as there's openings opportunity to talk about things uh, and I' answer questions that if you're in a safe place to text but you can't call in uh, we'll address them uh, but either way uh, we want to talk we want you to be on the show we want you to tune in uh, we want you to talk you know to others let them know about the show uh, let them know um, what you're listening to encourage them tell people about Grace FM we were uh, talking uh, we were talking about this with our staff today uh, that we are um, promoting grace FM a little bit more our station manager Kevin just has a desire uh, to meet you talk to you and and he has just embraced this this part of our uh, the promotion side of things, giving out free T-shirts, going to different events, going to different events that aren't churches, uh, which a lot of the things that we did before were church-related, which is great, and we still do go to churches, um, but he's been uh, hitting different places that, um, like he went out to Bandemir, uh and he set up a table at Bandemir, and I think he's heading to Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, you guys up at Frontier Days, Frontier, I think it's Frontier something, um, we're going to be up there uh, this weekend, uh, and uh, so he'd love to meet you. Pray for us as the promotion. You know, if you get one of those T-shirts, just remember that's the primary way. Um, the um, that's the primary way we are uh, ministering, and the, how the word gets out, uh, because you can keep wearing a shirt over and over again, and shirts. One of the reasons why we always put out gear here at Calvary is shirts start conversations. Conversations lead to the gospel. Shirts, hats, pens, uh, stickers, license plate frames, they all start conversations. Conversations lead to the gospel. Isn't that great? Gospel leads to salvation. <laughs> so just talking about things. Hey, Why do you do that? Why are you, you know, even negative. I can't believe your church. You're just promoting your church. No, as a matter of fact, we're not. But I'm glad you noticed. Uh, we wear shirts just to start conversations just like this. This is why. We want to talk about our God and who we, and you know how hard it can be to have conversations sometimes. And, and you got a sticker. It'll help your driving. You put a sticker on your car. It'll help you drive slow, um, so you can be a good witness in your community. Um, but we put we have all this stuff up on our website, too. So any of the things, any of the gear you get um, supports missions. And you can just go to calvaryco.store. That is a ministry of our church. It's not a for-profit store at all. It is a ministry. So all the resources, the no- donations you make through Calvary CO for Colorado, calvaryco.store, go to missions. And whether you're buying a book there or you're getting, uh, you know, Calvary gear, um, it's all supporting missions and helps you start a conversation. Anyway, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. And so here is a prayer request for Peggy. She's having surgery tomorrow and is scared. And so, Father, I pray for Peggy. A precious mom who's scared uh, from upcoming um, surgery, Lord. And even what the doctor said, because of the demineralized bones and diabetes, um, it it might lead to further complications. So I just pray, God, that you would be with Peggy in calmer fears, calmer anxieties. Be with the doctors as they address in the expertise. Lord, you've made them them experts. You've taught them this. Um, You've taught it to them. You, you've trained them, and now they get to exercise their giftings in the medical community and just give them wisdom that they might make the right cuts at the right time and the right way, um, that you might be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to the phone lines. We're going to up to Greeley uh, Vina, it looks like. Is that how you pronounce your name? It's Vina. Hi, Vina. You're on the air.
2: I was just um, hello, Pastor. I was just wondering what's next on the prophetic calendar. How in your opinion, how close are we to the rapture? I mean, I'm just one of those people who's so excited for God to come back. I can't wait. I I, I you know, I read prophecy books. I have mm-hmm. all sorts and mm-hmm. I just bought one by Tim LaHaye called Good. Revelation and Good. and it's I just can't wait. I want to know what's next.
3: Yeah, I don't believe uh, anything is on the prophetic calendar preceding the rapture. The rapture can happen at any moment. I believe really? that is next. Yes.
2: Oh, what about the war of Gog and Magog? That hasn't happened yet.
3: No, it hasn't happened yet. Um, but that's not a prelude to the rapture.
2: Really, that's that's uh, during the rapture.
3: No, the rapture ha- happens instantaneously. It happens overnight. Okay, Um,
2: so after the rapture,
3: before the tribulation? Yeah, let me look real quick here, because I don't Uh live in this realm. I have an end times timeline that I put together to help Uh me remember these things. So let me pull it up here. Um, You've got, uh, we're in the Age of Grace, then the rapture of the Church, then the Bema Seat Judgment, the Uh Marriage Supper of the Lamb, the Great Tribulation Period, the Battle of Armageddon, uh, the Second Coming... Uh, the sheep and the goat judgment, the kingdom age, millennial reign, uh, yes, she... Satan is released, great right throne judgment is what I have in order. I don't have the Gog and Magog battle here. Um, you know, we could kind of. Is
2: that, does that happen after mm-hmm. the rapture, before the tribulation?
3: Yeah, there's it. It's the the tri- the tribulation period uh, is instantaneously. It begins at the rapture of the church.
2: Really? Because oh. I thought that began with the signing yeah. of the agreement between the Antichrist and Israel, a no. seven-year agreement.
3: No, it happens instantaneously after the rapture. The final seven years of human history starts right after the rapture.
2: Oh, really? And how close do you think we are to the rapture? I mean, like...
3: <laughs> I mean, I think as you look around, and just in a, in a preliminary view of what we're seeing and the globalism that we're experiencing and the, the fact that governments can can come together as one and make a global decision I think is pretty significant Um, I think that as you as you look around what what's going on the perilous days have come you know I think we're like Peter said we're closer to the coming of the Lord uh, than ever before Uh, and so I think we are right there
2: okay because uh, this last May with that war between Israel and the palestinians i mean the palestinians lost like twenty times the amount of people that the israelis lost so that's obvious that god is fighting for his people yes. and i was just wondering if, if the palestinians and the israelis keep fighting like that you know all the arab countries and russia and iran's going to finally get to it i was just you know I, i'm trying to get my husband into you know it's it's hard for him to start praying and i and it worries me you know because he thinks he god doesn't want to listen to his prayers or who is he to talk to the greatest being in the universe and i keep telling him that god wants to listen to his prayers he just has to open up you know yes you, and and it worries me because i don't want the rapture to happen before victor starts praying and you know i don't know if he's going to be left behind for not praying i don't know And I just started becoming a really strong Christian maybe like a year ago. You know, I've always believed in God, but now it's just, I'm more, you know, I love the Lord more than ever, and I really want Victor to start praying so he could feel what I'm feeling, and I'm worried that the rapture is going to happen before he starts praying. You know what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, I do. Let me just add, um, most people put the Battle of Gog and Magog at the end of the three and a half years. Because, you know, the great tribulation period, even though all seven years is the judgment of God, the first three and a half is, are a peaceful time. So that happens within the seven years. So the first half is pretty peaceful until the, um, until the Antichrist reveals his true colors. So oh, that's,
1: that's why some people okay. developed a new view of—they
3: call it the mid-trib or a pre-wrath uh, rapture where they believe believers will be on the earth for the first three and a half years. I don't believe that. I believe the seven years is a unit, even though some of it will not be peace. The removal of the Church is God's judgment upon the earth. That's where it starts, like the where, where that which is restraining has been removed— the judgment begins even though it's a fake false piece you know uh, lulling people to sleep so many people believe put it there um, and and so you know it's definitely a different judgment than the one at the end of the millennial period and so let's pray and let's pray is it did you say it was victor yes okay father we pray right now for my sister as she has this hunger and thirst for the salvation of her family Uh, And she just has fallen in love with you, God, the God of prophecy. We love prophecy, but we love the God of prophecy even more. Um, We love you, Lord, and um, some of these events uh, happen at different times and different reasons, and there's even disagreement on the order of it all. But God, we want to lay aside that and, and agree and emphasize what we agree on. And what we agree on is that you're coming again, and you're coming again for your church. And and we want God to be ready, uh, we want to be used, uh, and we want those that we love to come to a saving knowledge in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
2: Thank you so much. Okay, okay. okay.
3: bye Bye. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Maddie Fay and Aurora, welcome to the program.
2: Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. Um. I was just—I um, have a question. It, uh, this question comes in my head um, okay. the other day, and I was just wondering: Why does God, like our Lord Jesus Christ, wants uh, wants us to give offerings, like uh, peace offerings, like before, like like you have to make something uh, like offering for Him? So, why does He wants us to give offerings? since He owns everything? like um, mm. Why does He need us to give well, you know, like offerings a, for Him?
3: There's a lot of great answers to that question, and I think, first of all, we have to acknowledge that in the Old Testament, uh, in the Old Covenant, you have offerings being given, you have instruction being given to a nation that is learning how to follow God in a corrupt pagan culture. And... <clears throat> God was was not only redefining what it meant to worship him for the people he was also doing it in the backdrop of don't do it like the pagans don't offer offerings to idols to statues but rather offer them to me come to me with your desire to give come to me with your desire to worship and each of the offerings had a picture in more significantly each of the offerings had a picture and a type of Messiah. So as they would offer to, to God in obedience to him, God would meet them in relationship. Um, and so today, what really all the offerings were leading to the offering that God offered, the Father offered on our behalf, the, the blood of Jesus Christ and his broken body, so that your sins and mine could be and would be forgiven. So that now giving today is no longer a necessity. Uh, Giving today is an act of grace. It's our response to all that God has done. So, you know, when someone might ask, God or Ed, why does God require us to give? Right. Or why do I have to give? You might be shocked by this answer, but you don't. You don't have to give. If you Mm -hmm. don't want to give to God, don't give to God. Um, But really, you know... If that you know someone's listening, go yay! Listen, honey, Pastor said we never have to give again. There's actually a greater problem with that heart because whenever you love someone, you want to give to them, you want to express that, you want to participate in that, and and God is identifying even from the first fruits. Remember in the old covenant, the first fruits. Um, yeah. That would be giving God our best, not our worst, because of all that God has done for us. Uh, And so giving is a natural response. It's a natural response in a love relationship. And what do we have really to give to God, um, but rather ourselves, right? Remember Romans chapter 12? The new covenant actually requires more than the old covenant, because in Romans chapter 12, we're to give ourselves a living sacrifice. Uh, We're to surrender ourselves, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So it it's out of relationship because you can tell. You know, I think it was Deal Moody. I forget what preacher said this. I I didn't make it up, but I, I I use it a lot. Like I know where I I can tell many times. I would be able to tell where a person's heart is by looking where their money goes, right? Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And Mm -hmm. if we were to examine our checkbooks, we don't do checkbooks anymore so much, but our online accounts, we would be able to see pretty clearly uh, where our hearts are by where our money goes. And, Mm -hmm. And so in the broader sense, giving is a response that God has given to us in order to express our love and appreciation to him. And it also supports, uh, you know, giving was given to support the priests. There was no welfare system in the Old Covenant, so as they would give to the upkeep of the temple in the area, they would also then help the poor, help the widows. You know, the New Testament did that in the book of Acts, Um, and so giving had a lot of different reasons Uh, practically, spiritually, but also personally.
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
3: That's a great question. Yeah, you answered my
2: question, Pastor. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you for asking. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: I know that this was an area of of, uh, wrestling for me uh, as a new believer, uh, because I walked into a very big church. Uh, At the time, it was brand new. Um, I didn't know it back then, but... We had walked in. I think we walked in in February, and I think the sanctuary opened up in January, and they just built a new sanctuary, uh, 3,500 seats, brand new. Everything was brand new. It looked brand new, smelled brand new. I was an unbeliever and kind of caught up during that season of the televangelists, and and I, I don't know if... Uh, the Jim Baker had fallen by then, or you know, somewhere around that time he might have, because I remember thinking, making, I remember watching that with my dad. So I think he might have already fallen by then, and and just all that, you know, what you see on TV that doesn't represent the true heart of God, and and I remember giving like Marie and I could barely make it financially. We we're barely making it, young family, uh, had a lot of debt because of my bad decisions as an unbeliever, and. And I, even, as an, even when I was born again, I thought, I had this thought, like, I, it was hard for me to give. Um, I walked away from alcohol, boom. Walked away from smoking cigarettes and pot, boom. Giving, not so quickly. It really took some time for the Holy Spirit to impress upon me that my giving was to Him through the context of the local church. And then I started giving to ministries. You know, Skip Heitzig, uh, gave, I started giving to his Bible teaching ministry. I started giving to Raul Reese's Bible teaching ministry on the radio. Why? Because they have, they have blessed me so much. I'm like, I just, what what do we need to do to keep this on the air? And radio, you know, part of my heart for radio is it, such an impact it had on my life and my family. Focus on the family. Huge in my life. Um, Back then, it was the Bible Answer Man, huge. First, it was with Walter Martin, then it was with uh, Hank Hanegraaff. Before uh, he went off a little bit uh, in his theology, Uh, but like amazing, like I was such giving. No longer became a grudge; it became in, in 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 totality. Looking now, it's one of the gifts. It's not my primary spiritual gift, but it's one of the spiritual gifts that gets exercised out of my life. I love to give. I love to bless. I love to encourage. And so far that Lord has brought me. Uh, Unbelievable. It really is unbelievable when you think of where I came from and what my attitude was. Um, But that's a great question. So let's go on to Denver, Colorado. Mike, welcome to the program.
0: Hello, Pastor Ed. Hey, Mike. Hi. I have um, a question. Um, I have some Jewish friends who asked me if I believe as a Christian— that uh, if they will go to hell, if they don't believe in Christ as their Savior. And I I told them, yes, that I do believe that. So my question is, was that the right thing to answer? Could I have said it in maybe a better way? And also, if you have some scripture that I could use, if that were ever asked again.
3: Yeah. Well, there's a couple couple different questions, and okay. I think that yes, the way that you just answered, we probably could have said it a little bit. We caught. We, uh, let's put it this way: we probably could have delayed the offensive part of the answer a little bit longer, right? Um, so that I always like because this is this is a this is a, a loaded question, uh, for sure. They know the answer. Right. Um, and, and perhaps they were sincere because you're friends. But even if they weren't, even if they weren't sincere, they know the answer. Mm-hmm. And this is a question that can can stumble a person. It can, um, you know. Fortunately, you gave them the truth. Um, you shared with them the truth. The truth is that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible says. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 There is no other name and so the answer is yes I would even say it in the affirmative you know again so let's go back to how can we answer this question to kind of delay the inevitable but also build their trust along the way one of the ways I would say I would say I would go back and maybe in depending on how close of a friend I am I say well what do you think and let them explain their view perhaps mm-hmm. Or what are your thoughts on that? Before I give you my answer, I'd love to give you my answer, but before I give you my answer, what are your thoughts? Because if they will go with me on that path, mm-hmm. then listening to them will also help me tailor the answer. Uh-huh. It'll help me understand where they're coming from, how I might be able, and just be open. Like It'll also give me a few seconds to pray to the Holy Spirit, like, Lord, help me. Correct. I want to answer yeah. this right. Like, Kind of like Nehemiah. Remember he had that quick little prayer, yeah. and it'll just give me time. But one of the ways I would... I would answer that is to to buy some time by, hey, I wanna hear what your point of view is. If they go, no, 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 that's not how it works. I wanna, oh you give me your viewpoint, I'll give you mine. And I go, well, you know, I think that, I think that let's just start with what we agree on. We agree that there's one God, yes. Mm-hmm. We believe that, we agree that this one God defines for us salvation. Mm-hmm. We agree that this one God has given us his word. And hopefully you're like a, uh, for like a good salesman, a lack of a better, forgive me, it's not what I, I don't believe we're selling the gospel, but like you're you're building, yes, 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 you're building agreement because right. we do agree. I know we don't agree on this yet, but we do agree about, there's many things that we share with Judaism. I mean, yes. we've been, Judaism points to the fulfillment of Messiah. And I bet you, you could get them to agree that there is a Messiah mm-hmm. if they're, you know, if they know their Bibles. Right, right. Um, and so I would walk them along the path, because if we agree that this God, that we do have one God, that He defines salvation, that He offers... Like, again, if they're practicing Jews or even even secular Jews that go through some religious ceremony, or like, you know, even in your own scriptures, in worshiping of God, in dealing with sin, and sacrifice had to be offered... And I know that you haven't offered a sacrifice in a while, so how do you think a person's saved today? Mm-hmm. What did God do with the sacrifice? Right. And they'll have, you know, I like to, without being, you know, without, if, if the environment's right, I like taking a question like that and drawing out for them some conclusions that they have to make, that they've already made, that's not going to lead them to a simple answer, well, I don't believe Jesus is the only way to salvation but rather well there are sis god has we agree in the same monotheistic god we don't necessarily agree yet that god has revealed himself as father son and the holy spirit but that that comes with time mm-hmm. because even the trinity is hinted in the scriptures right if you open right up to genesis in the beginning of creation what does god say let us make man in our image mm-hmm. so we already know there's a dialogue of the godhead right in genesis in the old testament right. um but but really working alongside of them, getting them to agree, getting them to see that we have overlapping beliefs. They just have stopped in their progression in following God. That's all that's happened. They've just stopped. Right. They haven't gone to the fullness of the revelation. Everything ends in the fullness of salvific revelation, and it all ends in Christ. Mm-hmm. Remember what John said? That... Uh, Torah-believing Jew, he looks at his cousin, and he says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. That's, all those sacrifices was leading to the sacrifice.
0: Okay, great, excellent. Um, and one more quick question, if I may. I'm finishing up your study in Daniel, okay. and in that you say to look to Israel in the end times, which I honestly believe that we're living in. Yes. You said look to Israel um, and look to, like, Israeli news sources. Yes. Do you have some that you could... uh, that I could look up?
3: I do. I I follow... I've downloaded an app. I think it costs, like, two bucks or three bucks on my iPhone. uh Uh, And it's all secular Israeli news. Okay. Um, And so, again, you're going to get all the different political... They're mostly... The, the press in Israel is very similar to the press here in the states very slanted um, very liberal, mm-hmm. but the reality is is you can read between the lines so it's basically uh, the the name of the app is called israel news Israel news and it's a it's an aggregator so it aggregates a lot of different sources um, for israel news for a for a clearly evangelical view of Israel news, mm-hmm. I would suggest that you uh, follow, uh, let me look it up here, uh, it's called All Israel News, All Israel News, um, and it's by Joel Rosenberg, he's the, he just started in a new, a new um, he's based in Israel, and he just started a new Israel News source that it, um, communicates to evangelical Christians, so you can get both that way.
0: So Israel news and all Israel news.
3: Yes, all okay. Israel news. If you put in, so if if you go to the app store mm-hmm. and you just put all Israel, that'll give you the secular one. Okay. And then if you go to um, just Google all Israel news Joel Rosenberg, mm-hmm. that will connect you with that one. And if you have any problems, just email me. I Joel can give you the links.
0: Rosenberg. B-E-R-G, I would
3: assume. Uh, B-E-R-G...
0: Yeah, either E question. or U, one of the two. Yeah, it's one of the two, it It'll <laughs> and it'll correct it for you. Sure. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Ed. You're I appreciate welcome. it. All right, All All right. take care. Bye now.
3: Another great source uh, for end times prophecies is, is um, uh, Sephardi. I forget his first name. Um, what is his first name? Amir. A-M-I-R. A-M-I-R is his first name. Sephardi. He is, uh, has become a, a, a very well-renowned expert in biblical prophecy uh, and uh, is a prolific uh, Israel tour guide. And uh, I hear he's coming to Colorado Springs. I was just teaching at uh, Rocky Mountain Calvary, and I had heard, I don't remember the date, but he's going to be in the springs. So anyway, we'll be right back. Uh, this is Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live, Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I didn't shout out earlier, but hello to everyone on Hope FM and Truth FM. Grateful that you uh, connected with us. You're listening online, listening on the app listening on your local radio station we're very grateful to be a small part of your life and a very small excuse me had to sneeze (laughs) that just came up on me really fast Uh, a very small part of the huge work that god's doing in your life and i count it a pleasure to be back with you Um, i was away uh, last week, and they do play uh, encores in my absence, so sometimes you'll hear me, but um, I was away, I was actually in a few places, uh, just so grateful uh, to be used of the Lord. I was in Oregon uh, to teach at the Pastors and Leaders Conference in Corvallis, Oregon, uh, for a couple of days. Then I went up to Seattle, Mount View Terrace, actually, or Mount Lake Terrace, with Pastor Wayne Taylor and the team there, and I was with a small group of pastors just talking about the things of the Lord. That was great. Then I spent the rest of the week ministering with my friend, Pastor Joe Gomez, in San Juan Island, right off the coast of Washington, uh, there in the San Juans at Friday Harbor. I got to meet with um, some of his church, and then I got to meet with some of his leadership, and then I got to teach the Sunday services and just hang out and, and Encourage Joe. One of the ministries the Lord has given to Marie and me is just to be an encouragement to other pastors. You know, the pastors here on our team, of course, the different invitations that the Lord allows me to be a part of, and and really, it becomes a ministry of our entire church. Where you know, the pastors here also they're teaching at conferences, leading worship other places. It's such a blessing to be a part of the broader body of Christ. And so, whenever you don't hear me here, please pray for me. Uh, I'm probably out ministering, uh, and I'm grateful to, to be ministering, but I'm also grateful to be back, and, and just, you know, so much warfare. Uh, you know, whenever you step out to do something for the Lord, for some you know, whenever you step out to, um, you know, serve Jesus, there's just going to be warfare, and I've definitely seen my um, fair share of it. I'm sure you have too, but don't stop. Don't quit. Abide in Christ continues taking the next steps, and it is a good thing to trust in the Lord. Here's a great question. This is this is fantastic. It's a pretty common question. Is there any biblical guidance for being made to take the COVID-19 shot? Scripture references. The answer is no. There is no biblical guidance for being made to take the COVID-19 shot. Uh, you, at this point, are in a place where you can, at least in our country, have the freedom to either take that shot or not take that shot. Now, of course, we're happen, 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 we, are, uh, we happen to live in an environment where you could lose your job for that, where you could not travel for that. But n- those, those consequences in no way make you or don't make you take the shot. Um, if you choose to take it, then then it's of your own free will. But if I don't take it, I'll lose my job. Well, out of your own free will, you choose not to take it, and you lose your job. You, you really can't make it more than it is. I know it doesn't feel good, and I know it's hard, and I know it's unfair in many ways, but the idea of, no, you know, at this point, nobody's holding anyone down, forcing a needle into their arms. It's all external. Um, it's all external... Uh, threats, you know, and I think that there are many threats that are always around us, and we need to make our decisions as unto the Lord. You know, when I think of a scripture reference in light of this, I just think of uh, when Paul wrote to the Philippians: "Be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication make your request be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus." And we do live in a representative government, we do have the opportunity to protest and to make our voices be heard, but we also, that representative government also means that despite our vote and despite our protests and despite any of that, someone that we don't want or doesn't represent us can be voted in. Or in some cases, people are saying, well, it wasn't fair and it was stolen. that, That is where we live. Um, some countries don't even get that chance, and I believe that we are being challenged. I believe it's unfair in many ways. I believe it, it is radical, but it also goes to that first question with Vina. You know, do you think the coming of the Lord is at in, in hand? Yes, I do, for a variety of different reasons. But you still have the freedom today, as I've this my voice right now to take that vaccine or not take that vaccine. And you have the choice. The issue is, are you willing to take the consequence of that decision? Yeah, but it's not fair. Are you willing to take the unfair consequence of that decision? Yeah, but it's wrong. Are you willing to take the wrong the wrongness of it all, because it is, and I was just thinking, I don't know if I was sharing with the staff, I've been talking so much this last week, but someone I was sharing, you know, whenever you become comfortable and believe everything's fair in this world, you become a friend of the world, (laughs) because we're otherworldly, and and the more that things are unfair, the more hatred toward Christians, the more unfairness is a reflection of the otherworldliness of Christianity, it is not. It, it is not going to feel good to be a believer, and it's just catching up with us. We've had such a great, beautiful opportunity to live out our faith, and now it's caught up to us. Uh, our our be- believing brothers and sisters in Iran have lived with this. Iraq have lived with this. China have lived with this. Uh, every Muslim country, for the most part, radical Muslim, have lived with this, and now unfair things are coming to our country and it's you know again it's not the intention of the constitution in many ways it's not although it is in some ways in the sense that uh, we have chosen to live with the benefits of a representative government um but the reality is is what do we do when those in office don't represent us uh, do we throw out the system um do again that's sometimes that's what's well we don't like the way it went, so we need to change the system. And I think that one of the things, again, there's a lot of viewpoints on that. Um, I, I'm not interested in, in discussing all those viewpoints, but I am interested in this. We must be about our father's business. We must be about our father's business. We must. There's just no other choice and our father's business is to announce the kingdom of God in sharing the gospel and changing. And I know it's a hard decision. I don't think this is a flippant question. I do know it's a hard decision. I know it's caused a lot of anxiety. I know people don't want to put a vaccine in their body that, you know, some just don't believe in vaccines. Some believe there's some conspiracy with this one. Some believe, like, I get it. And I I respect those views in the sense that you don't want to do it. Um, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. And I believe you should receive the support of the Christian community for not doing it. But if you're okay with doing it, then do it. And and don't make it a big issue in your life. Just keep your eyes on the Lord and be about your Father's business. Um, but thanks for asking. It's a great question. Very hard one. It's not one an easy um, radio program can answer because there's so many nuances to it. I mean, there could be things that you're allergic to it, or there could be things. Who, who knows? Like you, you could just, in general, have a personal conviction against vaccines. Um, I, I, I support your personal convictions, and it's just now some of those personal convictions are coming with serious consequences, and it's it hurts. I'm sorry, it does hurt. It it is hurt. It hurts to be a man or a woman of conviction, uh, but I don't believe it's a sin issue. I don't believe taking or not taking it is a sin issue unless it's not out of faith. But do you not see a picture? Do you not see a picture of a one-world government with a one-world currency with a mark? Uh, Let me be crystal clear. I am not suggesting the vaccine is the mark of the beast at all. Zero. Minus zero. But I am suggesting to you Do you see how quick and how fast it can happen? You will not, in some cases, I just saw today here in Colorado, uh, I just got a a text update that the UC health system and the Denver health are going to require vaccines. I think the school systems are doing it. I think you can't be on the college campus without doing it. And how fast, boom, 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 fast, fast, fast. And what's the, so you know that it can happen and the mark of the beast, although it is a spiritual decision to deny God and to worship the beast, it's also a decision to participate in the uh, marketplace of the beast through your worship. But do you can see now, without a mark, you won't be able to participate in, col- in commerce. You won't be able to participate in culture. They just won't let you, those that are in authority. And I know 20 years ago, we are like, no way, no way. 30 years ago, no way, no way. 100 years ago, you guys don't have any idea what you're talking about. 2021, it's knocking on the door. And I believe it becomes a type and a picture of how fast that can happen on a global scale. And I, I was sharing, um, again, talk, teaching at conferences and just like, you know... W- We've been teaching this and teaching this and teaching this prophetically all this time and now that it's upon us, there's this reaction of the church that's freaking out and I don't know what to do. I can't. But we've been telling you it's coming. And I think probably part of that is the uneasiness and unfairness of it all. But also part of it is we knew it was coming, we just didn't think it would be in our generation. And now that it is, you're like, oh man, this is my generation. These are my kids and grandkids. This is what? Um, but... The Lord is teaching us. He I think of Jesus when he was feeding the five thousand. It says that he already he said this, he already knew he was testing them because he already knew what he was going to do. And at the very least, we're being tested, tested. Unbelievable. 303 690 3000 303 690 3000 is the number uh so good that the Lord would give us um, the opportunity to be together uh, on the radio uh, and just allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us uh, and speak to us um, and, and really grow us in understanding um, what the Bible has to say and just talk it through. Uh, So, let's go back to the phone lines. Let me pull up my screen here. Uh, Let's go over to Pennsylvania. John, welcome to the program. Hi, sir. Hey, what's up?
4: Well, a couple things here. Well, first of all, may I start start this off with a palm?
3: Say that again. It's hard to what?
4: Uh, May I start this off with a palm? Can you hear me now?
3: I can hear you now, yes. I didn't hear it. It was kind of garbled. Um, okay,
4: I, I was wondering if I could start this fellowship ever with a poem.
3: Oh, you want to start this fellowship with a poem. I got you yeah. now. How okay. long is the poem?
4: About 30 Or 10, 20 seconds. Okay, go ahead. I may become a rock. I may become a tree. I may become anything I want to be. I may become a worm. I may become a snake. I can even become a piece of cake. How is this so, you may say? Just read John Paul, 19, in other ways. Or Matthew 19, 26. But that Second Corinthians
3: yeah, that's an interesting poem, um, but not really anything that's biblically accurate in um, at least the way I heard it. So can you can you explain it to me, John? Boy, I don't understand exactly when do you mean like reincarnated as a rock? What do you no, mean? No, no, tell no, no. Tell me what you really tell me what you mean. It. It's just
4: way God, anything I want to be. All I have to do is put my faith in God and I can be anything I want to be.
3: So do you really believe you could be a rock? No. You're just trying to rhyme?
4: Just trying to rhyme. Okay,
3: I got you. I can take the rhyme. All okay, right, so what's your to question? You read All right, what's your question?
4: Okay, my question is, I believe it's Matthew 7, 21 and 22, 23, where it says, not everybody that on the day will uh, cry to me and say, uh, we'll enter the kingdom of heaven. But then they replied to him, uh, haven't we prophesied in thy name, and haven't we cast out demons and stuff, and Jesus said, I never knew you. And I would like to know how that applies to Christians today.
3: Well, it applies to Christians in a, in a very profound way, and you know, in a couple different ways. First of all, it's a warning. So those listening right now that say, I am a Christian, and I'm, I really believe I'm born again, but don't really have a life that's living unto the Lord needs to be really careful because we can be self-deceived, right? We can be self-deceived in thinking that we are real believers of Christ and even do things in his name, but not, um, but not really have a real relationship with him. I think of, I think of, people that come in and out of church and think, well, of course I'm a believer. I, I go to church, or I think about people that were born in the United States. I'm American. I'm, of course I'm a Christian. I live in a Christian nation, or what? what that, that it's possible to be self-deceived. Another way it relates to Christians is it's also a very comforting and encouraging thing to know that I know that I'm saved— that I have confidence that I truly do have a walk and a relationship with God. And a passage like that definitely encourages me and strengthens my resolve to follow Him and to serve Him uh, and to give myself over to Him. So, you know, it's a warning to those that name the name of Christ, but for Christians, it, it like it encourages me. It encourages me that the passages of scripture that relate to my behavior and my obedience will be rewarded, that I can look forward to hearing, well done, good and faithful servant, uh, that I can look forward to being, to, to Jesus fulfilling his promises to me, uh, and I can be encouraged as a believer that God is for me and not against me, and that. I can have confidence and assurance in my salvation. Well, right now, God's pretty mad at me, so... Uh, Why is He mad at you? Because I messed up.
4: Um, Like, I give uh, 30 dollars to the Christian to fellowship of Jews, and the Lord blessed me with a church after 56 years not having a church. Okay. He blessed me with that, and I like to... See, she's a widow. She's a uh, black lady. I husband just died and stuff, and I like I only make $60 a week. Okay. So I take $30 out, and I give 15 to the Christian Fellowship of Jews. Okay. I
3: give $15 to pastor. But what I did when I went to the store, I bought lottery tickets. Oh, no.
4: Yeah. Okay. And even after I told God I would do it anyway, well, out of the $60, I make more money than that. I'm a Vietnam veteran. Yes. I was a medic. Uh-huh. And I went through some trials and tribulations. Yeah. And I just can't get right with God. The more I try to stop sinning, the worse things get. Um, well, the harder it gets. I just get lazy I forget God. And He's not too happy with me right now. So.
3: Well, let, let's break that down a little bit uh, for the sake of those that are, are listening, because... Um, the conclusion that you come to is is not the right conclusion, even though some of the things along the way um, are definitely things that break relationship, they break fellowship. Doesn't mean you lose your salvation, but when you know to do something and you don't do it, it becomes a sin. And you make a commitment, and you have a heart command to um, you know to obey God, and then you disobey Him. That comes with consequences, you know. I, I think of uh, of the reality of of the wages of sin is death, and death comes in a lot of different ways, not just physical death. It comes in a lot of different ways, uh, and and when you uh, when you sin, the only remedy is to to repent so that you restore the enjoyment of fellowship. The Bible says that God has promised never to leave you or forsake you. The Bible promises you that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins, and he does that in relationship. Yes, believers must confess their sins. Confession is that homologeo. It speaks of saying the same thing. It, the idea of coming alongside and saying the same thing. Uh, that God does, believing the same thing that God does about our sins. Um, and it brings freedom because we are like, okay, Lord, you know I made, I have failed, um, I have um, made a bad choice, but I want to remedy that by admitting it to you uh, and surrendering myself to him. I, I want to be together. That word homo legale, it speaks of being together, to agree with and so repentance is necessary, but God's not mad at you because the wrath of God was poured upon Jesus Christ on the cross, and uh, you may be experiencing a broken relationship. You may be experiencing the conviction of sin. You may be experiencing isolation that, that sin brings, but that can all be remedied immediately by simply trusting in the Lord and confessing your sin to Him, and so I encourage you to do that, my brother. 303-690-3000 is the number. Uh, Let's see here. Let's go back to Anastasia up in Denver. Yeah, Anastasia in Denver. Welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. So glad to have you back.
3: It's good to be back.
1: Yes. Good to hear you again. Um, Thanks for taking my call. I had a, um, uh, I guess, a little discussion about something in the Bible that's been on my mind, okay. and I, I don't think it should be. I want it to be off my mind. Okay. But um, <laughs> I uh, was just thinking about the story of Rachel and Jacob, Yes. and how when they were coming back from her father's house, she stole the idols and hid them in her camel and not the tent, and then nobody found out, and they all celebrated, and everything was fine. Uh-huh. When I first read that I was like, what? I was like, why? Like, God God hates idolatry. He should have done something to her. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, that's such a bad thought to have. So now it's more just, uh, I'm just curious to know somebody else's opinion. The only thing I could think of was that, you know, he's all loving and all merciful and all amazing. And he thought, or maybe he knew that Jacob loved Rachel so much that he didn't want to do anything
3: well, we, well you know as you as you see this story unfold remember uh, you, you are right in the sense that uh, God is merciful and gracious I mean if if we took the if we took the approach like you were feeling initially like why didn't she judge her then none of us would make it right that
1: No I, no I felt so bad when I thought that but
3: none of us would make it but <laughs> so what we have the unf- what what I believe we have in the scriptures is the unfolding of a gracious merciful God who doesn't always give us what we deserve. He, he allows things to play out. He allows us to feel the weight of our own sinful decisions. He allows us to, he allows so much um, that would, um, you know, harm us and hurt us so that we would. you know, he doesn't violate our free will. And if Rachel wants to steal the household, household idols, um, he gives the freedom to, for Rachel to steal those idols, you know, and, and that freedom can be very painful. Uh, it can have lifelong consequences. Um, certainly, uh, as any parent, I think on a, on a very limited scale, but, you know, as parents, there's this sense at times where we wish we could make all the decisions for our kids, but even if we could on a limited scale, right, we would, we would still make mistakes with our kids, um, and, right. And God in his relationship with us, he, he's not chosen. He, I mean, if he made all the decisions for us, he would never make a mistake, but he hasn't chosen to uh, make the decisions for us, but rather out of relationship, he wants us to make our decisions. And because he's given that that freedom to us, we're going to make bad decisions. But ultimately, God's going to work all things together for the good. Um, all things are working together for the good, and even our sin becomes a, a servant to a holy and righteous God that, that he will use in the ultimate accomplishment of his will. And so whenever you see sin unjudged in the scriptures, um, you know, remember that they're not unjudged, because Jesus Christ ultimately died for the sin of Rachel. That's,
1: that's true, that's right. I was just, um, I just, I really just wanted to discuss it well, with the pastor, great. with one of you folks, because I just wanted to get it out of my system, I guess, that, like, I, in my head, I already said, you know, it's because he loves them, you know, he loves us, that I just, it kept coming up in my mind that I just wanted to get it out.
3: <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely not a sin that didn't go unjudged, we know that, because even in the Old Covenant, you had the the end-of-the-year offering, you had the scapegoat running away, there was a covering of that sin every year until Messiah came. Then that sin was removed, just like your sin and mine has been removed yeah. from us. However, the removal and forgiveness of sin does not alleviate consequence. You know, I think of, I think of those that live with, with horrific guilt because they made a decision and now they have to live with it the rest of their life. And, and that's sad because it didn't need to be made. Um, But that doesn't mean that God doesn't forgive them. They just now live a more miserable life because they can't undo the consequences of their sin. It's, it's It's a choice that can't be undone, even with forgiveness. It breaks relationships, even with forgiveness. Lives are lost. Even with forgiveness, relationships are broken, and... You know, so I, it's just one of those reasons that really brings up as you think about Rachel and the idols, it doesn't seem like a text that would teach this, but a great application is just don't make sinful decisions because they will have consequences and we can't control the consequences.
1: Yeah. Um, that kind of makes me want to ask um, if, if I have time. Of course. Do, do we get punished in this life if it's like we sin? Does God. Give us like some, he does give some to others and some not.
3: No, what we experience is consequences. Um, again, the punishment, that punitive part um, that would be considered the wrath of God, the judgment upon your sin, was given to Jesus Christ on the cross. But we do experience consequences. Uh, we do experience not punishment, but discipline. Remember what the Bible, the Bible uses the word chasten. God definitely chastens us, trains us, uses difficult situations to help us worship Him more, but in a strict sense of punishment, that punishment was fulfilled by the blood of Jesus Christ.
1: Okay, thank you so much. And I know we're running out of time. I, I really, I want to get off my line, but I wanted to really ask for a prayer request for my sister. Okay. Um, she's very mentally ill. Okay. Uh, she's been in and out of the hospital, and she's made some just super, super disturbing, wrong, mm-hmm. untruthful accusations against my mom, my mm-hmm. sister, and now with me, and the police have gotten involved, okay. and it's just been so insane for our whole family, and I just pray that she, I just pray that she gets healing, that God heals her, and well, that she'll do- reach out to him and believe in him.
3: Let's do that now. Father, I pray for Anastasia's sister, truly, that she would come to her senses, Lord, and in, in what she's thinking and. And the things that she can control, Lord, you would give her a an ability to do that. And even the things that she can't control, we know that you are able to heal. You are able to change from the inside out. You're, you are able, God, to bring about healing even in the mind. As much as you can heal a broken body, a broken bone, you can also heal a broken brain. And I pray that. I pray that justice and equity and truth With all these accusations would come out and that you give Anastasia and her family a peace as they await the matter. That they would trust you, abide in you, wait upon you um, in this very challenging, difficult situation. In Jesus' name. Amen. In
1: Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you, Pastor. God bless you.
3: Hey, come on out for service tonight. We're back in Second Peter. I would love to join together, pray together, sing together, study the Bible together, fellowship together. I'm so grateful. We're in 2 Peter in the very second study. So come on out. We'll be back tonight. And Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow taking your calls and questions. Love you guys. Bless you.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.